Hello, everybody, and welcome to Surf Break, your unofficial San Diego Wave podcast that is officially your favorite. I am Christian Conway, and I'm joined by my co-host, the perfect slice, Jamie Bacon. Oh my God, it feels so good to be happy about sports. <laughs> uh, we're referring to last night, which was a little rough for us Galaxy fans. But man, I mean, the San Diego Wave, the first expansion side to make the playoffs, the first time an expansion side has ever hosted a home playoff game. And man, did they deliver a 2-1 win in extra time over the Chicago Red Stars. Um, I mean, this game had everything. Drama, intrigue, mistakes, um, fantastic goals. I mean, it was it was such an incredible night at Snapdragon. The attendance record for a playoff game in NWSL was smashed by San Diego again. Um, just to briefly go over some of the moments in the match, Yugi Nakasato gets on the board in the 10th minute for Chicago with a, a rare mistake from Kalen Sheridan in the back. San Diego responded in the 67th minute with a Van Eggman volley. And then Alex Morgan in the uh, what looks like to be the 110th minute, excuse me, uh, the, the NWSL website uh, has stoppage time and extra time listed weirdly. So on the NWSL website, it says 90th minute plus 20. But I was like, wait, this thing went to extra time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is theoretically stoppage time. But uh, with, an, with an absolutely fantastic goal from outside the box. Um, I mean, first off, the, the atmosphere was incredible. But I mean the way that San Diego played this game with the resilience that they showed and, and they were definitely slow in that first half. They're a slow starting team. We know that, but as they got into this game, I mean, Chicago really didn't have an answer for them kind of in, in the period of, of, of added time or of, uh, extra time. I think, you know, outside of Sheridan's mistake and I, you know, I, I have stuff to say about that when we, really want to dive into it outside of that and maybe you know a few hiccups here and there as any team is going to have throughout the game San Diego absolutely just dominated I mean they they both teams wanted it but one team looked hungrier and that was San Diego and you know we talked about in the last pod about the same the same fears or or not fears but concerns that led up to the first snapdragon game Will they rise to the occasion? How will they handle this moment? And they handled it like a team full of people who have been there a million times before. And I am so excited that we both got to be in that building because it was electric. Yeah, I think it was was it was interesting to watch at least that first 15 minutes because I think what happened and what I I, I kind of thought to myself as I was walking into Snapdragon um, on that day, on that Sunday, was I think what San Diego wants to do in this game is to lay off a little bit, to, to not be the team in possession, to be the team that kind of, you know, is the reactive team, quote unquote, um, and allow Chicago to come at them with the ball and then, you know, be very pragmatic defensively. I mean, obviously, Casey Stoney's a former center back. Pragmatism is the name of the game there. But I think in that first 15 minutes, and I think this is why they concede that goal in the first 15 minutes is Chicago just first off allowed them to have possession and then pressed the heck out of them. I mean, just ate them alive. I mean, it, it, we talk about the gag press, right? Which is the new tactical kind of, you know, the, the new tactical nouveau concept. And it, it did feel sort of like a hybrid gag press mixed with just the standard concept of pressing and Yugi Nakasato. I mean, 
you know, if I have to give a, a Chicago player, you know, player of the match, I mean, she was incredible in, in, in just the engine and the work rate that she showed to really disrupt the the distribution lines from Kalen to the defense, to the midfield, to, you know, all of that, th- those important kind of networks that make a, a, a team tick. Um, and I, th- I think San Diego was a little taken aback by that. They, they weren't necessarily expecting to, to have to face that. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, there's obviously the, the, the famous saying, you know, everyone's got a plan until they're punched in the mouth. And I think that was kind of what happened here, which was that, you know, San Diego got punched in the mouth in the 10th minute. And then all of a sudden everything shifted and, and, and they were a little bit more aggressive. They were a little bit more happy to be a little more expansive. And they started to get a little bit more comfortable with the ball. I think some of the runs that Jakobsen made when she came in really showed that at halftime. Um, you know, Van Eggman was, was again, the, the defense, you know, the proverbial Hoover vacuum in midfield winning balls left and right. I think, you know, they, they answered the call. I, I think it would have been very easy to, you know, you go down a goal early with everything that the season has been for San Diego, I, I wouldn't have begrudged a lot of them kind of the heads dropping and being like, oh man, here we go, you know, but instead they figured out a way through this game. And I think that's the mark of a great team is, okay, you're presented with a game state that you did not expect. How do you figure your way out of that? And I think they did a very good job of that. So I had an interesting perspective sitting over in the Cove uh, with the sirens and and other supporters in the group um, of that goal. And what happened in the moments in the several minutes after it um it was one of those things as soon as that ball left Sheridan's foot she turned around and she knew it just it was on her face she didn't even have to watch the goal go in she knew the second it left her foot oh man I messed up I messed up big and that could cost us and you could kind of tell after that goal too her body language was a little heavy her shoulders looked a little heavy she definitely was just overthinking thinking 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 one of the coolest things I saw was that you don't normally see backup keepers warming up on the sidelines they just don't they don't need to keep warm unless something tragic happens a keeper on the bench is never going in the game Telford was what was warming up for several minutes so she could go up and down that end line and she could stop at the goalpost and she could yell things to Sheridan, which I'm assuming were encouragement and, and just get it out of your head. It happens. We've all been there. Let's make it a new game. Anytime there was a corner after that moment in that area, Alex down there by Sheridan being a team leader, we got this, we got this, we got this. Um, you know, and even in the press conference after Alex was talking about it, she's like, that's probably a mistake she's never made in her life. And, you know, it was really important for the team to be there for her because she's definitely saved their butts more than once this season. And so it was important for the team to then put that on their shoulders and say, like, we got you and we're going to go out and get this anyway. Um, Carly Telford, man, for me, like unsung hero, you know, uh, just a class keeper. We've all seen her in the past, just be dominant, but to be that kind of a supportive teammate, knowing that you're not going to be the number one and still be there for every single moment. Like 
dude, it, it was, it was a really emotional thing to watch, just to watch this team love and support each other. Like they truly are a group of friends that get to play a game and I love it. I, I freaking love this club, dude. Yeah, I think, uh, and I and I remember you texting me about that, and, and I I think that that can't be understated how important the way that this team, this team has come together. You know, uh, I was seeing Instagram stories from them all at the Padres game on uh on Wednesday, which uh, I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're out there having bonfires, just hanging out together. Like they actually are a group of friends. Yeah, I mean the sense of community, and 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 I think with certain teams, we we talk a lot, and I I know, you know, we talk a lot about how there teams are together. Obviously, you see the same twenty three or twenty six people every day, that breeds a sense of togetherness. But there's also clicks, right? You know, we we see it a lot where it's like you know we've got five people here and six people over here and whatever. It doesn't feel like this is clicky. It feels like this is very natural and very not manufactured um if, if if that makes sense uh but yeah I, I think you know the way that they recovered from that and again it it, it did feel like you know Nagasato scores that goal but I, I got this weird sense of okay they'll find a goal and I think that's what's so interesting about this team is that I think for maybe any other expansion side in this in this scenario they go down against a much more experienced team. I mean, you know, you look at the Chicago Red Stars, the the success they've had over the past couple of years, and and yes, the off field stuff has to be kind of considered here. But I mean, on the field, they've been an absolutely dominant product. I think a lot of other teams would have said, you know, the veterans have scored early. It's you know, like here we go. And but they did a very good job of, I think, really calming everyone down. Because I think, you know, and in and, and, and I felt it at least, you know, in my in my section of my seats, when Nagasato scored, there was a lot of nervous energy right after that, which was how is San Diego going to respond? What is this going to look like? Oh God, is this going to get away from us? And I think what San Diego did incredibly well on the field was sense that, but then pull that take the oxygen out of the game for a little bit. You saw it, especially when they were trying to deal with the press that Chicago was giving them which would be Van Eggman kind of passing along through the midfield, you know, like very methodical, you know, like one touch passing with, with, with the midfield, you know, maybe get it back to, to Naomi or, or, you know, quick little pass over to Breedy, you know, Westfall or, or, or whoever was kind of Turnbow, whoever was in that, that, that triangle rotation and just kind of, they weren't like, I, I guess they weren't like meant to be line breaking or tactical passes, but it was meant to be like, okay, everyone just, you know, let's look at each other take a breath like you know let's you know kind of here we go let's take a little bit of oxygen out of the atmosphere and i think what's 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 so good about the wave is they know how to and and van eggman is is starting to turn into this kind of concept of of the regista right the 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 watch setter the, the person that looks at the team and says all right i know when to start the attacks going faster i know when to start slowing the game down and taking some air out of the out of the stadium and i think that's something to do very well is that tempo setting. And I think it really helped them there where, you know, they can see that. And I think a lot of other teams that maybe don't have that vision would start to try and rush, right? They would start to try and be like, okay, we got to find a goal. We got we, we to gotta go. Instead, San Diego was like, okay, we're going to slow it down just that little bit, get our bearings, and then let's start going. And I think that was a really, really big thing that helped San Diego really get a handle on this game. 
it's been a reoccurring theme that we've we've talked about many times throughout the season and it's resiliency and just the fact that you know it's easy especially in the playoffs it's easy for that goal to go in and it to just deflate the team and you know they're playing on their back heel just trying to not let more damage happen to them but the wave just have this special resiliency where they don't let that stuff bother them the goal went in okay it doesn't matter we still have our game plan like you said they have to reset a little bit maybe in that game plan but i don't think it really changed what they wanted to do they just had to regain the control and the the, the tempo um as tempo is one of your favorite things to talk about in any team. And I love it. I love when you find that person on the, on the squad who is like that tempo setter. Um, But yeah, just the resiliency, like they, they, they never let anything get to them to a point where they can't play their game anymore. And it, it's impressive for any club, but it's especially impressive when you continue to think that this is an expansion. They didn't exist a year ago. They've never played together before, you know, January, February, March, whatever. It's, imp- we always say it's impressive what Stoney has done. It's impressive what Stoney has done, but holy crap. It is so impressive what Stoney has done and the confidence that this team has because of her. I'd honestly be shocked if, if Stoney didn't win coach of the year. I think that, I think that would be one of the great, uh, shames of this season. I was, I was about to say scandals, but I think there's been some significantly more uh, difficult scandals to deal with in, in the league this year. Um, I think also Sophia Jakobsen at halftime was a very interesting substitution. I was not expecting, I, I expected her from the start, um, but I mean, obviously, you know, contributes in so many ways. Um, watching Jody Taylor run at the end of that game was, I, I, I love, I love a British manager with a British player doing something distinctly british which is all right we have to hold the lead at the end of extra time bring on the battering ram you know like <laughs> it's oh, just, Jones. i love her so much <laughs> it's just so good um also uh full shout out to amira ali i mean first off seeing a, a healthy amira ali makes me so happy because i think there was so much she could have accomplished this year just injuries and and it is the player's lot that, you know, you're going to deal with that. But I mean, that little sequence of play to close out the game, you know, um, I, I posted it on my Instagram, but uh, and they myself posted on their their reels or whatever Instagram's version of TikTok is. I don't I don't do technology well. Um, it's a miracle we even have a social media feed. Um, <laughs> the the just the, the foot skill. I mean, I mean, we've seen Ali when she's healthy, just cook people on the attack on, on the dribble. But I mean, man, just the ability to keep that in the corner. Wow, she, ah, that foot skill is incredible. Oh, she was putting on a clinic. It, not, not, oh, I've watched that, I think, like a hundred times. Like it is just so technical and so perfectly done. I cannot wait to see what a fully healthy full season of Ollie looks like next year. And, and then, of course, the the final hero of the day, of course, is, is Alex Morgan. I mean, I, constructing an MVP season, I would say, and I know we're a little biased here at Surf Break, but the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, and again, just the, 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 we talk a lot about veteran presence, right? That's something we've we've discussed a lot on this podcast today and on uh, throughout the season. 
again, a veteran understanding this, the, the, the moment and stepping up in big moments. That is, you know, it's such an incredible thing to have in the back pocket. You couldn't have scripted it any better, honestly. I mean, to have the game-winning goal come off her foot after the season she's had, just the the leader that she's been for this this squad on the field, off the field, even when she wasn't playing, being a part of it, you know. Um, you know, I, I go back to whatever that halftime speech was in Orlando when she wasn't dressed for the game. She, no matter what, is there to be the leader and to be the the I don't want to say the backbone I don't know what I'm the word I'm looking for but like I guess the anchor she is the anchor for this team right they 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 know that everything can go through her whether she's they, uh, on the field or not she is going to be the one that is holding them together and supporting them and just leader she's a I, I want to curse, but we are such a clean podcast so far, and I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> if, if we if we win the cup, we might we might break that. Uh, if we win the Go cup, we might have to record two episodes. We'll do one for the families, and uh, we'll do one for us because man, I, I I do have to be minorly critical of Casey Stoney when she uh I, and I know every manager does it when she was very coy about uh, Alex Morgan's availability. You know, it's it's a very serious injury. We just don't know and. The only reason I'm going to be critical about that is as someone who has anxiety, I didn't need that for 24 hours. <laughs> like just give it to me straight, you know, doc. Um, no, well, I, I, even the fact that she didn't play a handful of games and we honestly never knew what was going on. Like every game you're like, Oh, Alex will probably dress. Oh, she's not dressed. Oh, she's injured. What's injured. Is she okay? Is she going to play in the playoffs? What's going on? We don't know. Yeah. Um, but but fantastic work from from the entire the entire squad. I mean, you know, from from one to eleven, and then you know from from how from thirteen onwards. I mean, they were they were amazing. Um, you know, Doniak, I think coming in also really helped change the game a little bit. You know, I think you know what what's what what's really fascinating is is they're getting performances, and no one no one seems to mind if their role on the day is 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 diminished right you know we have so much talent and 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 this this bench is so deep that you know i think there would be natural animosity that you know you want to be a part of it right you know you want to be a part of the starting 11 every single time and i think what this entire group has done in in coming together and then also with the leadership of casey stoney has been to make sure that everyone feels good about their role and understands that their role is incredibly important um and the entire ecosystem of the San Diego wave. Uh, I, I will say, I think, you know, they did a very, the, the one big challenge of the evening was, was kind of shutting down Mallory Pugh. I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to our outside backs, you know, between McNabb and real and then Westfall and Turnbow. I mean, like they, they did a good job of, of forcing Pugh onto the outside and, and forcing her into, into situations where maybe she was a little uncomfortable. Um, I was a little concerned with the way that the midfield stacked. Um, I think there were some moments, but I, I'm, I think, the play we talk. I think if, if this game happens in the regular season, you and I come on here and we say, "Okay, yeah, they got through it." But here are some things that we're concerned about. But I almost can't do that because this the playoffs are a pass fail thing. Like we're not grading on a curve here. We're not grading on like you know A B C D E F. You know we're grading on did you pass? Did you fail? Which I wish most of my college classes did. Um, <laughs> 
but and they passed and it was difficult for them there was no question but i think that resiliency and that steel that they i think they forged in this game it can only be good and and you know as we we kind of turn our eyes uh up north to to oregon i think you know, obviously you don't want to go 120 minutes in the playoffs because they're, we're talking about mileage. We're talking about exhaustion, aggravating old injuries, you know, all that other stuff. But I also think this group needed a moment of, of gaining steel before playing Portland. I agree. And I, oh, I just lost my thought. It's been a very long day, folks. We (laughs) had a, corporate walkthrough at work so it, it all my brain power went into um behaving myself for corporate <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pick up the slap slack a little bit while you uh you try to uh to, to go find the train again um so san diego has played portland five times this year including the challenge cup portland winning twice san diego one win and one draw uh the portland two wins came in the 2022 challenge cup uh, those would have been wins at Torero and uh, Providence. However, the most recent uh, game between these two teams ended in a 2-0 win for San Diego. Uh, McNabb and Morgan, the goal scorers. Um, I, I think, you know, were the NWSL playoffs slot themselves so uniquely in the sense that it's not conference-based. So you have, you just have the six best teams. And now we're at a point where it's now the four best teams. And if you're in, if you're in this round of games, you're not a bad team. And the margins are so thin at this point. It's almost like, it's almost hard to handicap this kind of game just because the margins are so thin and it's going to rely on just one moment. And I think that's why I'm, I am terrified, but I'm also fascinated by this game because again, it, it, it it's a hair's breadth that could change an entire season for a team. I think for San Diego, this is a huge opportunity. I think they match well with Portland. Um, Taylor Kordiak, three of her six goal uh, 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 goal involvements have come against Portland. So that's definitely going to be something to watch. And Alex seems to like scoring against them, um, her former club. I, I, I am nervous, but I do feel like the, the fact that they went in extra time against Chicago, the fact that they had to fight so hard to get here. I almost feel like it makes them the favorite in a certain respect, which is that when we saw the heads go down just that little bit, it was okay, cool. Pick ourselves up. They're not going to get overawed by an occasion. I think this, even outside of circumstances, um, you know, the outside circumstances, this is always going to be a tough game. Uh, It's playoffs. Playoffs are a different beast. It's going into Portland. And yes, Portland is an incredible, incredible club. I do think it is going to be an even harder game because of outside circumstances for Portland. And, you know, the way that I'm sure you've seen on social media and whatnot, the way that the players are calling for the fans to, to be there for them. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening. It does matter what's happening, but like, don't let that affect what your passion and love for the players on the field is. So I think the atmosphere is going to be extra charged for Portland supporters. You know, it's, um, it's just, it, it, 
a lot of emotions for everyone there. And so I, I, I expect the fan base that does show up to be even more engaged in the game than usual. And let's be real, Portland has a pretty great atmosphere already. Um, so, you know, I, I that can be something that can affect a, a, an away team a little bit. Um, no matter what happens in this game and let's, I want to win, but no matter what happens in this game, I will be happy for these Portland players, just that they are there and that they're getting the support from the fans, despite every terrible thing that has been going on in their FO. And I don't want to harp on this for too long, but you know, it is, it's a thing that's happening. So, um, I'm excited to see it. I am excited that they still have people showing up because it is about the players. It's not about who runs the team. Uh, oh, and my train of thought before was when you talked about the lack of animosity, if your role is diminished from this game to that game, it just goes back to the true camaraderie that this group has with each other and the way that they, they, move more as a family than as a bunch of strangers that got put together on a soccer team. And that's honestly like the thing that's going to keep them going. If, if that can hold with all the other players or or for all the seasons to come with all the new players coming in, that's going to be something that's going to continue to make port or Portland San Diego, such an incredible special place to play and where players are going to want to play. Yeah. I think, uh, you, you, you summed up kind of my, my other point kind of very well about the off field, um, uh, the off field incidents that have occurred in terms of the, the, the ownership of, of the Portland Thorns and kind of how all of that has shook out since, since the report and, and whatever. Um, and, and so I think I, you know, to, to, to put it, at, you know, you, 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 to put it in a soccer context, I think that first 15 minutes is going to be really interesting because I think both teams are going to be not just feeling it out in terms of kind of, you know, I look at playoff soccer matches kind of like boxing, which is like the first two rounds, you know, you see boxers kind of just throwing a couple jabs, you know, seeing where the distances are, seeing where maybe some weaknesses are. And playoff soccer is very much like that in the first 10, 15 minutes. But I don't think it's just going to be them feeling the other team out in terms of what the tactics are going to look like and how the teams are set up. I think it's going to also be them feeling out the atmosphere. And, and feeling out what the energy in the bowl is going to be like. And I think that's going to be a really fascinating thing to, to see. Um, I do think, you know, obviously Portland has probably the most dangerous attacker outside of, of Alex Morgan and, and Sophia Smith. And I, I would make at least a half credible argument. If, if there was a gun to my head that Sophia Smith has had a better season than Alex Morgan. Um, but, you know, again, I do think Alex Morgan's had the better season. But, you know, they're going to have to deal with that. Um, I think Portland has more weapons to hurt you with in terms of the, uh, in terms of that roster. Um, you know, the, you know, they've had such good players this year. I mean, Sam Coffey's had a very good season being a, a rookie. You know, they, they just have, you know, Christine Sinclair is, is still always dangerous. Um, you know, but they also have a fantastic goalkeeper in Bella Bixby. You know, defensively, Becky Sauerbrunn is, is, is Becky Sauerbrunn. Um, Yasmin Ryan has been having a fantastic season. Uh, so, you know, I think they have to, it's kind of, you know, in a video game when you, you face the first boss and you're like, Oh, this is easy. And then you face the second boss and you're like, Oh, maybe this is a little harder. Like we're at the second boss. Right. And 
I think it's 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 going to be a fascinating game. I think it's going to be a game of close margins. Um, I don't think it's going to be a a, a shootout necessarily. Um, I think this is going to be very much who is more defensively solid on the day and who's a little bit more pragmatic and who can take advantage of their opportunities. Um, but I do feel like San Diego has an opportunity here to at least, you know, surprise the world. And and I mean, I, I, I as I was prepping for this game, I know it's tomorrow at two o'clock. And so, you know, our prep time is, is, is very short. Um, I was Sunday. thinking of, Sunday. Yeah, I thought it was Saturday. Um, um, I'm pretty sure it's Sunday, but hold on. Well, you keep going. I'll double check. But but I think the the sense I get is yeah you're right it's Sunday my apologies um the sense I get is that if the worst were to happen I don't feel bad about the season ending here you know so it's so it's it, it's a weird kind of it's a weird kind of feeling because it's like I I hope like obviously I want them to get through but I think everything from here on out is is gravy like I mean we can hold our heads high no matter what happens. I agree with that. I mean, we talked multiple times throughout the season that, you know, a successful season is making the playoffs. And then we did that and um, we already won the first playoff game. So no matter what happens in Portland, there's not a single player on that team who can't hold their head high and be proud of, of what they've accomplished over these handful of months together. And, and, be excited for what they can continue to build on for next season, which, you know, after, after Portland, if we win, we'll have more previews and whatever. If we lose, we are definitely going to be talking a lot about what we think can happen in the off season and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely. 100% that, that team, all those players, the coaching staff, everyone should be holding their heads high because they've put together something that is, historical at this point you know um so i i'm really excited for the game i hope we win i really feel we can but no matter what i love this club and i'm gonna go with them forever yeah I, this is this is a historic season and uh, i think it, it must be regarded as such um i just wanted to give a special shout out to all of the uh the traveling sirens and, and otherwise supporters that are heading up. Um, thank you for being road warriors and uh, hopefully the rain isn't too bad. And uh, you, you enjoy your time in, in the Rose city. Um, I know having been to there for a couple of away trips on the men's side, it is, it is a fantastic place to take in a game. Um, it's a, be careful. The wooden bleachers are a little uncomfortable. So uh, prepare for that. Um, but, but thank you guys for, for traveling and um, I will be in DC for the final. So I'll see you there. Um, yeah, I, I, I am. I'm so excited. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, if there are any, Jamie. You know, I think I've, I think I've said it all for now, for now. Well, I'm going to have a lot to say after this next game, no matter <laughs> I, what. So. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's a semifinal. There's always going to be a lot to say afterwards. Well, thank you so much for listening to surf break. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, this has been a fantastic year. We're, we're so happy. Um, uh, please give us five stars on your podcast app. It helps us find amazing people like you, fellow waivers, wavies, wavettes. I don't know. Come up with a name for yourselves. Uh, <laughs> surf breakers. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. Um, my name is Christian Conway. My co-host 
Jamie Bacon. We will see you next week, uh, hopefully celebrating a win, but if not, we will commiserate over a loss. Um, we are thankful for you to, uh, for listening to us, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Ride the wave, my friends.